If we were all forced to sit in a village and go hunt for our food, guess what? Some people will be better hunters. And then you're mad. Oh, she caught three tigers and I only caught one. That's not fair. How's it not? Maybe she's a faster runner. Maybe it's human nature, but I think you have to find a way to get past it. Mm -hmm. I think you have to find a way to say... I have to find out what they did. I have to yeah. find out how I can tap into that. Because I'm knocking on homegirl's door. Hey, how'd you catch three lions? Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland. How y'all doing out there? Yeah. Yep. Simple and easy. Boring. You know, oh, all God. the chastising I received for my intros. Now I'm just giving you boring intros. For Let's now just dive in for <laughs> episode 169. Do you have a what in the world? I do. I do. I so do too. my what in the world is more around National Geographic. Is that what it's called? National Geographic uh-huh. it, it, when they talk about the animals? Actually, National Geographic is when they just take it to different points of the world. Okay. What what I'm talking about is animal like planet. an animal planet, okay. right? So we were shaken out of bed by a screeching sound the other night. At one o'clock in the morning. At one o'clock in the morning. And we both looked and said, what was that? Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a protective father and husband, I jump out of bed, Get prepared to take here. on the world. Uh, and I look out the window and I go, oh my God, there's cats in our pool. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, cats can't swim. Okay. Right. And so what Is it looked like. I didn't know that. I don't know. Okay. Maybe. You're starting rumors. <laughs> I am starting rumors. I know nothing about cats. Well, apparently cats, well, I don't know. If I saw a cat in the pool, I would immediately think that's a problem because cats usually don't like water. Okay. And people who don't like water usually can't swim. So it's right? one o'clock so, in the morning. We hear this noise. We hear we this screeching up, noise. I jump out. I look out the, the window. Pool. It's dark. Mm-hmm. And I, and it looks like two cats are like fighting or doing something, but one of those cats are, is in is in the pool. Right. So I flip on the light. I grab my rifle. No, I don't. You did <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing heroic. <laughs> no, so I grab. I, I open it. Uh, like turn on the light, and I look at. It, I go, man, those are some really big cats. I go outside, and you're like, well, take get, the phone. Take with your you. phone with you to record it. I guess. Yes. So I I go all right, whatever, and I hear them sc- like screaming. Right. So I hit record and I look out and I, I'm gonna come across the corner of the wall and it is not a cat. Mm-hmm. They are not cats. Mm-hmm. They are gigantic raccoons. Yeah. I mean, like three like feet genetically minimum. enhanced <laughs> raccoons um, that are like uh, like in back in the day I would say squabbing. Like they were like, like fighting. Well, we yeah. didn't know that at first. I, well, they looked like yeah, it looked like that. It, it, it was a cross between fighting or helping. Or helping. Mm-hmm. So like I said, one of them was in the pool mm-hmm. um, and like it may have Back fallen stroking. in the pool. 
and it, it was kind of swimming. Mm -hmm. And then I thought it was like going underwater, but it wasn't. It was treading water. Because I kind of went back in the house mm -hmm. as I realized that they were raccoons and raccoons so, yeah. are very different than cats. So uh, your heroic self came back into the house and started watching now from the window. Correct. Which our bedroom is right over the pool. So I'm filming and recording through the blinds, right? And right. Eddie's standing right next to me. And in the video, I go, why aren't you outside recording this? <laughs> like, I? I just don't understand why They're you're in the house with me, right? animals. So it turns out he was scared, <laughs> was which is why you were inside right next to me, letting me record. Well, can I just tell you, is it, it's okay to be a, like... <laughs> highly aware of the danger you might be in when it comes to wild animals. Like yeah, I, I, I would never assume that anyone messing with a wild animal is smart. Like, I always think you're a little crazy. Like when I see people like, you know, handling snakes or messing around yeah. with, you know, animals, I go, no, it, it's all good until they take a bite out of you. Right. But it's a raccoon. I mean, can raccoons really, you're 200 something pounds, six foot three, two. Right? I mean, you're afraid of a little raccoon. I, like I said, genetically <laughs> modified, enhanced, enhanced. Oh my god! Uh, like these raccoons have been eating like. So from, we have real footage of this nectar. Yeah, <laughs> we have real footage of this. So in the video, you can hear us. We're like they're helping each other, right? Like the one on the outside is trying to help the other one get out of the pool, right? And we're like, oh yeah, that's sweet. And he goes, I got to get the net and get it out because if it drowns in our pool, that's going to be a problem. And then I said, no, I can't use a net; they're too heavy. Right. So I got a shovel. So he's outside getting the shovel and then we're like trying to figure out, are they helping? And then immediately it turns into, oh, they're fighting. Right. 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 So Eddie goes outside while I'm recording. He slams the shovel on the floor, like, on the get, concrete. Get out of here. Right. Right. And, I try and to the use my one angry that's voice. outside of the pool runs off. Well, right? first he looks at me, says, like it was almost like an attitude. Like uh -huh. he looked at me and then he runs. Right. Then and the then one in the pool. The other one literally swims. Wait, the one in the in pool, the pool uh -huh. swims to the to side. the side of the pool. Grabs, grabs on his opposing onto thumbs. the <laughs> yeah, grabs onto the edge of the pool. Like a pulls toddler. Pulls himself up like a human being. Uh-huh. No. He was looking around, holding on with his thumbs, like no, a toddler but, holding on. And then on. he looked at me. Yeah, like made oh. eye contact and said like you're impeding in my swim time. Yeah. I was going for a a nice backstroke and you're out here messing up everything. And I was like, oh my God, they swim. Right. And not only that, they like- They have attitude. They have an attitude. So he pulls himself out. Then he pulls himself out of the pool and then runs with his friend. Right. And then they try to scale the back wall of our fence. No, no, no. They got into a no, huge hear fight. Me out. I watched them. They scaled and then they- fell down together mm, they were and fighting. then they started fighting mm -hmm. like if you remember if you're old enough there was an old uh cartoon called heathcliff mm -hmm. and heathcliff used to always get in fights mm -hmm. remember that and then every time they got in a fight it would be like this big tussle and it'd be all this dirt and all mm -hmm. you would see is little you know hands and okay. paws that's what it was. that's what it looked like in my planters it, knocking over planters because uh -huh. remember they're like genetically you know modified, modified raccoons the same they were gigantic fighting so I slammed the, the um because I, I want to make sure they knew I was in charge. I okay. slammed it again, like, get out of here. And they Alpha sprinted male. down kind of towards me again and then up the tree mm -hmm. and up the wall and they kind of ran off. Well, the best part of the video is the end when they finally leave our yard and you just throw up your hands like, <laughs> what the heck just happened? And it's pretty funny. You look helpless. You yeah. look like you got punked. And then you come back inside. And mind you guys, it's one o'clock in the morning. We had just been in bed. And he goes. 
what in the world is happening? <laughs> and we just fell out laughing. And I was like, okay, every single year, I don't want to like manifest this, oh, but yeah. every year it's something different yeah, it's something. that we haven't experienced as homeowners with animals. I don't know if you guys caught it, but last year, I think it was last year, all of a sudden there were bees in our house yep. and they were coming from the chimney, swarms of them. And so that hadn't happened in 16 years. So now in year 17, we got raccoons backstroking in the pool and punking Eddie. Yeah. I found it quite comical. Well, I want you all to capture one part that's important to the story is that I was outside in the thick of it. Like you were I not was, at I, all, no, actually. I was out. What are you talking about? You were I went, inside I, next to me for, for the most part. For, yeah. And then when, when and I was like, you know what? They are not going to have me in this house. I went outside. I grabbed the shovel. And you did I said, nothing to protect our domain. I went outside. I grabbed the shovel. And I said, get out of here. Because I had did. enough. Get out. And you know what? You did a very heroic thing. See? I just, you know, I See? know that significance is <laughs> important don't, to don't you. Don't patronize me. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I, I wouldn't I, be here if it wasn't for you. you, you those raccoons would probably still be here. They probably, probably would have held us too. hostage if I didn't I know. go out there. You know, with so. their opposable thumbs. Yeah, and and so then me and Jordan the next day like start researching like mm -hmm. raccoons because I want to better understand. And this fool says, "Ask me anything about raccoons." <laughs> I went through and I was like, "Okay, this is how long they live. This is why they can like." And if you have raccoons near you and they do and, and they do something like open a door, they will remember that like from a mechanical standpoint for the next three years, mm -hmm. like they're highly intelligent. And so that's why they made eye contact with me because they were like they thinking to themselves. saw somebody with the attitude. Yeah, before. they're like, I swim in this pool all the time and you never come out here because probably they're doing it at three o'clock in the morning. I have no idea. They're yeah. nocturnal animals, by the way. Did you know that? I didn't, yeah, see. but I'm really glad that you, <laughs> you know, protected our domain and So that was our, that was today. my one world. It was um, almost the end of the Push podcast, you guys. What? We survived. Yeah, we survived. Good job, honey. Yeah. Okay, moving on. <laughs> the name of this episode is called Rich People Problems. Do you want to talk about why? Yeah, so we, you know, this is something that has come up, right? Okay. And, and and not only that, this is interesting. So we, you know, we told you all the story about uh, buying property in Scotland. Mm -hmm. And um, like many things, you do a really good job of, of, of documenting this important thing right mm -hmm. and so we put it on social media and just documented it for other people to see whether it inspires you whether you're just curious or you know you maybe just follow us and you just like to keep abreast to what's going on in mm -hmm. our lives whatever but you posted this and for a long time nothing happened mm -hmm. right and then all of a sudden we started getting these responses from people from scotland and we're assuming like many people have actually said they were from scotland mm -hmm. and then some people had just you know responded we don't know where they're from but it went from like oh this is so awesome this is amazing um you know that's so great well, can and i share the progression it, 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 yeah absolutely share it. so i posted the video of like hey had a problem finding a flat for our daughter who's studying her second year in scotland and so come with us on a three minute tiktok to find her an apartment right and Yes, we bought the flat. Yes, it's in Scotland. You know, yes, there's a lot of cool things about it. And we just shared it again as documentation. Right. And maybe it's cool. We have a lot of friends right now who are in the midst of sending kids off to college. Some people think that you shouldn't send a kid to another country because it's dangerous. We've talked about all this on the podcast in the previous episodes. So we just thought it would be helpful to share the struggles that we kind of went through getting her secured in a, you know, in a flat 
with her flatmates to be able to start her second year of college. So right. second year of college, she's not a first year student. Long story short, I put it up on TikTok and immediately the comments are very like, wow, this is amazing. I wish my parents would have been able to do this for me when I was a kid. What a lucky girl. So great on the parents, like, you know, good job, mom and dad. I hope one day when my kids are old enough, I'll be able to do something like this for them. I mean, people are just really nice. Like I never even considered studying abroad because I didn't do it. I can't wait to offer this as a solution for my kids. So that happens for about a week and it's really encouraging and it's sweet and it's like, wow, this is nice. Then the comments kind of take a turn and they're like, oh, rich people problems. Mm -hmm. Tell me you're rich without telling me you're rich. We did a podcast on that recently. Right. And that was bizarre because yeah. you guys know our story. Like we're not rich. Like it didn't come from, we didn't come right. from a place of wealth. We've been through our share of adversity, challenges, whatever. And we just have tried to do a better job with the knowledge that we've gained. And so, yeah, we're in a different position. Thank right. God we've been married almost 20 years, Right. right. So then it went from rich people problems, tell me you're rich without telling me you're rich, like kind of negative, which was jarring to all of a sudden everyone in Scotland hates American people and here they come. And they're like, wait, hold on. They're like, get your kid and move back to America. How dare you? You know, we're in a housing crisis. This is so tone deaf. How dare you scoop up our properties? You know, you're taking away from a local Scottish person. And it immediately got flooded with all of these people from Scotland who didn't want us in their country, who were upset that we as Americans had privilege, took our money. In. I mean, then it was caught up in like semantics. You know, I said at one point we were putting her on a plane, but she had nowhere to go. So she was basically going to be homeless. That pissed them off. Yeah. Like yeah. homeless. Are you kidding? OK, well, we call it couch surfing like in right. America. Like, hey, it's OK to be a starving student and go hang out on a, a you know, a friend's couch for a little while. But being a parent, I didn't want to send my kid. Yeah, go figure it out with your friends. You know yeah. why? Because a lot of her friends also didn't have housing. Right? right. So we weren't just looking for a flat for just Kayla. We were looking for a flat for her and her two friends, one of which is a Scottish family. So mm -hmm. we were working with these parents for three months to find a property. We got denied for about 50, 30, 45 or so properties. And that was a shit show. <laughs> right. So then yeah. we put a rebuttal video up. Hey, you know, we just want to explain to you like where we came from. We want to tell you the books that we've been reading. We want to tell you we've been on a journey to repair our credit because we don't want anybody to think that we're coming off as elite or yeah. You know, and that bragging. was the thing is that we didn't want to come off as elitist, and we right. wanted to make sure we gave context to what they were seeing because right. it felt like things were taken out of context. And and it was so interesting because people. And we don't want to broad brush. There were some people that were like from Scotland that were very welcoming. And even if they didn't agree, they still were like, hey, we don't think it's fair, but welcome to Scotland. Right. right? <laughs> some, you know, which is it's great because we've been to Scotland. You've been twice. I, and I've had but so many people. Wonderful, nice people there. But you can see my comments on right. previous Scotland videos that I've posted. There are a lot of people that have said, I heard the Scottish people are not very welcoming. I'm afraid to go there. It, you can go back and read all of my TikToks. I have said nothing but we've had the most yeah. amazing experiences. We've made great friends that live in Scotland. We have been welcomed with open arms, whether it be the people we worked with for this real estate transaction, the people whose house we purchased, to the people at the local restaurants where we had lunch. I mean, literally, we've made 
so many great friends and connections in yeah. Scotland. So we have really just raved about the open arms that we've been received. Our daughter has been received and people have been lovely. Right. I don't know what happened, but on this side of TikTok, these people came and wanted us out of their It country. almost turned into Twitter. Yeah. And you know, Twitter is so, all hate. Okay, so, <laughs> so then you guys, it gets published in a newspaper. Wealthy American family oh, denies... Wow. You know, that they're rich after purchasing a posh apartment for their daughter. Okay, posh. Let me just tell you, it's got roof problems. Like there's things that are wrong with it. The property we purchased had been on the market for over seven months. Like the people that sold it to us were happy to sell it. They yeah. are lovely people. Uh, we did not outbid anyone for this property. No one else was in the market for it, right. for that particular property. And the other seven properties we right. looked at. And um, then they wound up just like I flew out there to be able to go to Costco or Ikea to like buy a bed and, you know, to get a truck and move her in and just do this stuff that we knew she needed necessities. So I asked the people we bought the flat from, this furniture is great. It's from Ikea. You know, it looks like it fits perfectly. Is this going to fit in your new home? And they said, no, we actually don't have a new home yet. So we'd prefer to not take it and it would make the move a lot easier. Would you like us to leave it here? And I said, how much would you charge us? We worked out a deal. They were happy to leave everything there for a really reasonable price. We bought it from them. They were so thankful. Yeah. So, so many people benefited win -win. from this. Win-win. Until we get attacked on TikTok, right? <laughs> So we put a rebuttal video up explaining, here's where we came from. We don't want anyone to think, you know, that we're bragging. That's not what the video is about, even though I didn't feel like it had any sort of braggadocious tendency right. to it. And the same thing happened. First few days, it's up. And people are like, listen, we appreciate you explaining your success, but you don't ever have to justify what right. you earn. You know, looks right. like you guys have worked really hard. We're happy to see it. Can't wait to check out your podcast. Please share book recommendations. I'm in the thick of financial problems. I'd love any input you can give me. Started off beautiful again. The comments are just like, thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing your story. You filed bankruptcy. This is amazing. You know, I hope to one day have a success story too. So right. we're offering help. I go to bed one night, wake up the next morning. I go to bed, it has 460,000 views on it. Wake up the next morning, it has 1.6 million views on it and thousands of comments. And again, they're coming for us. Mm -hmm. This is so tone deaf. I can't believe it. We're in the middle of a housing crisis. You know, typical entitled Americans taking from Scottish people. They were upset about everything. You said that it was affordable. I said it was affordable compared to the properties we have in California. Right. Again, I didn't take a property from anyone, right? right? We we offered a Scottish couple the money that they asked for for the property that had been on the market forever, and we got it, right? right. So we're just like blown away is kind of the point that I'm trying to make. And what did you want to say to that? Uh, no, I just think that like it's you know, we found ourselves in this situation where it's like we have to add so much perspective so that people understand like like the entire scope of this thing. Right. Right. And so. But why? Why must I explain everything to you? Because obviously there are no restrictions for Americans right. to purchase properties. If there is a housing crisis in the sense that lots of students are looking for places to live. I mean, it's so bad right now. If you Google, like, is there a housing right. crisis in and Glasgow? We, there are hundreds of articles that come up that basically say University of Glasgow is ruining the city of Glasgow because there aren't enough properties for 
people to rent so they can go to university to the point where University of Glasgow students are being told, do not apply, don't come back to school right? Um, because so, there's not enough housing. And, and so I think one of the things we have to say is this, is we're not complaining. Right. Like, this may sound like a complaint. We're not complaining. It's not we're, a poor we're, us. We're, we're, we're building context right. for a point. Right. And the point is, is we have gotten to a place, not just in Scotland, but in here in America and other places as well, where we have started to prosperity shame, mm -hmm. right? Or we have started to look at finished products and maybe it's because of social media and Instagram. We started we started to look at, I said products, but finished uh, people who have made some type of success or movement in their life, not just financial, but through relationships, health, and maybe it's through time that they have. And and what we've done is now we've, we've got individuals that start to, look at those people and start to shame them for what they have accomplished and without any context of where they've come from. Mm -hmm. Right. And the problem you said is people shouldn't have to have context, right? but we do, but you know, and it's something is an interesting thing is because we've talked about this before from a standpoint of like, we, we don't want to say they're haters, but we want to say like, we don't ridicule celebrities for their fame. We do, but we don't necessarily because we don't necessarily see them as equals all the time, mm -hmm. right? No one is upset with Beyonce because she's almost worth a billion dollars, or right? she vacations on a yacht, yeah. You know, but has if you're Balenciaga but bags, if, right? But if someone who you seems reachable with. or mm -hmm. close to you achieves that, it brings and garners a certain level of uh, discontent and hostility, where you can say there's some jealousy, there's some envy, and it's just it's a waste of emotions right, right. and so it, it and I, I think with the scotland thing i'll say this i looked at that saying there's a misappropriation of responsibility mm -hmm. those folks thought we were responsible for taking away opportunities from other people mm -hmm. they also looked made it seem like we were responsible to making it better right for right? the housing crisis right 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 so what, we're not doing anything to fix it and now mm -hmm. you have these rich people who are taking advantage of a situation mm -hmm. in no means were we taking advantage of right. a situation we just had to make a decision that we probably would say if if we were weighing our options, did we want to buy something in, in another? No. no, we would probably want to buy something in America that we can you know visit and mm -hmm. manage and all those kind of things yeah. is far more convenient. Well, I think for me, the point of this episode is in what way are people shaming someone for prosperity in ways that don't have anything to do with Scotland or property or anything like that? And it's come up several times this week that there is a lot of prosperity shaming around lots of things. Right. When someone you know improves in some way in their life, whether it be financially, whether it be health, they get into great shape. Spiritual awakeness. Whether they find a soulmate, <laughs> yeah. right? They find they start dating. Any sort of improvement. They get a better job. People say things like, oh, don't forget where you came from mm -hmm. or must be nice, implying that there's something that they did to improve themselves that you also didn't, you didn't have the ability to improve because of X, Y, Z, right? Another reason why people are upset is because they see other people like them doing well. Again, in anything, you mm -hmm. can be doing well with time. You can be doing well with your home life, with your kids. And that sparks and triggers some like hatred or animosity towards people that you're watching. Right. right. Another thing is like 
when you see somebody surpass you, somebody gets a promotion over you, you find out someone makes more money than you, someone, you know, had an opportunity that you didn't have, any sort of way that gets measured where you can say visibly, oh, yeah, they kind of passed me up. Now you're mad. Yeah. Right. Another one is they attempted, someone else attempted to do something and they were successful at it and you didn't, one, think to do that or you tried it and you failed. So now you're just mad. Right. Right. Like I didn't set out to buy a property. I just set out to solve a problem. A hundred percent. Again, if we were like, you know, trying to find a college for Kayla to go to and she really wanted to go to that college, but there were like thousands of students not able to find housing, we probably would have said that's not the best college for you to go right. to. You're going to have to pick a different college. But people, this is her second year. She spent a whole year living there. Right. She's already committed. We've paid tuition. She's going back. And so I have to find her a place to live. Right. right. So if I have to, as her mother, find her a place to live, I have to get creative because Thousands of other people and us are struggling to figure out what we're going to do to make sure that our kids are not couch surfing for a year. Right. And until the government comes and helps, until the school figures it out, we have to figure out a way. So I was one of those people that figured out a workaround and people are mad. Mm -hmm. So anytime someone overcomes something, they don't fail, you're mad, right? And the last thing is people generally find hatred or animosity towards someone when they've evolved in some way. Mm -hmm. So and that's a big one. Yeah. So because you used to be an asshole in high school, but now you got saved and baptized and now you think yeah. you're holier than thou. But also that that is something I think you see mostly with, like you just mentioned, someone you know from the past, friend groups, you know, and in family, mm -hmm. right? And I think that when people evolve, they've changed and they've evolved to a place that maybe you're looking at like, it doesn't match who I used to know. Mm -hmm. And maybe you want that person back, good, bad, and indifferent. Mm -hmm. Or they've evolved to a place where it has opened up doors for them that the doors that you have never been able to open yourself, all of a sudden you feel like you want to pull them back yeah. by reminding them who they really are and not necessarily considering the fact that they have changed and not applauding them in admiration of saying, you made these changes, how do I do that? Right. But I don't think what people realize, and, and we have over the years and even now built a, a, a certain level of tough skin to mm -hmm. handle the comments that come along with that, right? Mm -hmm. But there are many people who have newfound success or newfound evolution or newfound health or newfound relationships that get that type of response and animosity and it impacts their mental health. It tears them down. And I think that this is something that for us to say, if you are in your, in, in your life right now and you're seeing success and you're feeling this, like push through that, mm -hmm. like ignore it to some mm -hmm. degree, but also know that you don't owe anyone anything. And people try to make you responsible for the things that they haven't achieved yet or for the problems that they have that they want you to solve now that you have this success. Right. So for me, this is two part. This is the poor us, like thinking back to when we were struggling financially, had messed up credit, lost our jobs, and just trying to figure out our place in the world. I remember, like I've never been really like a hater, and that's a bad word, but it's the best word to use. Right. I've never looked at someone and like, ugh, shame on them, right? Or put hate out into the world. But I do remember like when we were younger, struggling to pay our bills. I remember, you know, people taking their kids to Disneyland or people going on these lavish vacations thinking, God, when's it going to be our turn? 
And all it made me do was want to work harder to say those things don't necessarily matter. And I don't know the, the context of how those people got there. But I do want to provide those experiences for my kid one day. So I want to work harder. I didn't look at those people and be like, must be nice. You're born with a silver spoon or think that their parents paid for it. I never did that. Right. So this is two part for me. One, the old me thinking back to where we were when we had nothing. But I want to also ask you. What is your natural response? Like as a listener, is your natural response when you see someone else winning, is it to secretly be jealous, to be upset, to start making excuses for why you are where you are? Because that that can be really triggering. Or you start to diminish what that person possibly like you diminish what they what it took for them to get there. Right. And that's a big one too. You start But for me it's not just about diminishing what they did. Mm-hmm. It's about you diminishing what's available to you. Yeah. So for me, if I would have seen other people vacation, seen people go to Disneyland, see people buy properties and do all these cool things, but I discounted what was possible for me, that right. would have been more harmful to my family, to myself, that more harmful than me just spreading hate. Right. Because now I think that it's never going to happen for me. This is impossible. I've convinced myself that they have only what they have because there's a different circumstance instead of using it to motivate me to say, that looks like a life that I want to live one day. Right. Yeah. And so you move from this place of envy and jealousy to admiration because admiration is different because you can be inspired by that. Right. Like, and I, and I think that we are individuals and I hope that you are the folks that are listening to are individuals that can be inspired. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you are inspired, you can make adjustments and, and take action. And that's what you want. You want people to be inspired. And that's the reason why you post things and, and you put things out in the world is you hope that people see that and they say it's available to me. But for those individuals, if you've ever said to yourself, it must be nice to be rich or it must be nice to be able to do that or tell me you're rich without telling me you're rich. Like you, you're also, to your point, you're closing things off for you. I don't want to block those blessings. Because yeah, you, yeah. you basically are saying without saying, that's not available to me, so it must be nice to be you. Right. But it is available to you. But then you're you. shaming somebody, right. right? Right, and so you're putting this energy of not necessarily focusing on how you can position yourself in that position. It won't be tomorrow. No. It may not be a year from now, but it may be like us. It may take you 10 years to get to a place where you say, God, I'm in a position that I never thought I would be Mm -hmm. in. And I guarantee you right now, once you're in that position, what you think about what you do with your money changes, right? It's not just your money. It's your time. It's your time, everything. Like, you think about some people don't do certain things because they're self-conscious with their health mm-hmm. and their body. They, 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 they won't go on vacation and wear a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. They won't do certain things because it really highlights their insecurity. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, as soon as you get to a place where you feel better, you start to behave different, mm-hmm. right? You, you start to say, oh, that insecurity faded away. And so now I'm willing to go on this vacation. I'm willing to take to do these things mm-hmm. and put myself, I'm willing to wear that dress. I'm willing to wear that suit and go dancing because now that, that insecurity is not there. It's the same thing with financials, right? You may be insecure about yourself financially. And so you kind of shame people for their prosperity or you look down on them or you say that you got a faster metabolism mm-hmm. or whatever you do mm-hmm. to try to diminish what people do. Just know you're closing it off for yourself, but also you're not looking at it from a, a wide perspective of saying, if I had myself in a different position, 
would I be thinking more along the lines of these individuals? Yeah. So I guess the question now is, are we moving to a place where when you don't have something, it's like first nature to now shame somebody for something that maybe you want that you don't have, you're not there yet. So I'm just going to claw this person down. This is not about us. This is about several things that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. And I'll give you another example. There's a woman on Twitter and her name's Daisy. She's the garden coffee lady. She posted this the other day. And my team has been watching like our social media go crazy, like really kind of like, why are people being so rude to something that you did? Right. Right. So my team sends me this the other day. This woman sent a tweet. There's no picture. She's not showing off. She's not showing a picture of coffee, a garden, anything. This is what she tweets. It's only text, right? It says, my husband and I wake up every morning and bring our coffee out to our garden and sit and talk for hours. Every morning, it never gets old and we never run out of things to talk about. I love him so much. Oh. I think it's sweet. Yeah. So 13.5 thousand comments. (laughs) And the bulk of them are, must be nice. Some of us have to work. Some of us haven't found a man to love us like that. Yeah. Who do you think you are rubbing it in people's faces? Right. You and your stupid garden. Like literally thousands of tweets and people are upset. So here's the response. Well, I wake up every day with chronic pain and they put all their sicknesses and wash my OCD medication down with an iced oat milk latte. But whatever, like literally the comments are like, well, this is what I do every day. And all they're doing is comparing to her life. Right. So basically she tweeted she loves spending time with her husband and drinking coffee. And people are like, oh, no, you don't. Not on my watch. Right. Now, it's so funny. You will not like your husband. (laughs) So people could be so narrow with their perspective on this. If she would have added the context I've, you know, after recovering from years, uh, years in battle of cancer, this is the most important time right. that we've ever taken. All People of a sudden. Been, oh, yeah. Yeah. But why? Right. Like you why mentioned this. Why does she have to? Right. Because, yeah, she's in a place where maybe she is prosperous with her time. Mm-hmm. You don't know if she's talking about sitting in front of a trailer park, right? And saying that, hey, you know what? We live a modest life, mm-hmm. but this is what we value. Right. Time sitting with each other in our, in our garden, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. But in this world we live in, like you say something like that, and all of a sudden people try to claw you down for what, like the smallest things. It's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. So I guess the point of this is, you know, we started this podcast to have conversations that we would have with you listeners if we were having a barbecue. We had a barbecue right. last night or yesterday. It wasn't a barbecue. We had pizza for my niece's <laughs> birthday. She turned one. We had a bunch of family over. And what do you do when you have family together, friends together? You have conversations, right? They ask you, so what's new? What's going on? You know, oh, how's Kayla's apartment going? I go, well, it went from what was a big blessing to now people are upset and attacking us. And they're like, wait, what? Why? You know why? Because they know where we came from, right? They're blown away that people are saying like, oh, Eddie and Janelle, rich people problems. Mm -hmm. So they thought it was funny all day yesterday to like, oh, let's carve pumpkin guys. Oh, carve pumpkins, rich people problems. Like, you know, they kind of poked fun at it. But then I was showing them like the tweet and just other things. And so we had a conversation about 
Yeah, you know what? Come to think of it, there are a lot of people that just spread negativity. So this episode is for people who, like us, at one point would see other people win. And the question I have for you is, are you cutting yourself off to what's possible for you? Or are you opening yourself up to be curious, right? This morning, we talked about the fact that Eddie used to, we both used to work in consumer electronics and sales. And Eddie used to work for Magnolia Home Theater, where you would sell, in some cases, $100,000 speakers. Right. Right? You were in your 20s. You didn't have a hundred thousand dollars for speakers. Did you go to work every day and say, God damn, these speakers, stupid speakers, (laughs) what kind of stupid rich people are going to buy these? No, didn't. Because why? Why weren't you mad that there were a hundred thousand dollar speakers? Well, I never crossed my mind to be upset about it. It Why? Because I knew that there may be an opportunity where one day a hundred thousand dollar speakers will be in my budget. (laughs) Right. But also, I also know this. And this is something I, I think I intuitively understood. If something's being sold for $100,000, behind it is a company. Mm-hmm. Within that company are people. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who make you know, varying levels degree of income to produce something that is going to be going to the market for $100,000. Mm-hmm. It could be the company that supplies the metal or the materials. And those companies hire other companies. And so what happens is, is before you know it, the people you are shaming that are buying these things are also helping the families of the people who are making these products, uh products, right? And And this is the conversation that we've had with our kids. Like you can hate Jeff Bezos for his income, but- you cannot debate the fact that he has made life easier for you, mm-hmm. right? And because he has made life easier for you, because he has made the, the marketplace more competitive, he has made it so that, I'm not saying him by himself, but mm-hmm. his company right. has now created things where your expectations of how fast you get things, how quick you can get items, how solved- cheap you can, yeah. And he has solved so many problems. But he solved problems we didn't even know we had. I didn't know I wanted it that I fast. I ordered something yesterday morning, uh, a coffee creamer, like mixer thing, a frother, and it came in the same day. Yeah. What? In the, I didn't know that that was something I wanted, but thank you, right? Right. And but we're, we're upset because he makes a lot of money. And so we're like, hey, now we want to misappropriate the responsibility he has to all of society mm-hmm. that he needs to do something and and maybe he has you know altruistic you know ideas and things that he's doing. I'm sure he does. But oftentimes we shame people like that when you know all he did was create a product, mm-hmm. and then that product evolved, and he was selling books, yeah. and then books turned into products, and then and all of a sudden now, do you know that there's so many companies that stay alive because of Amazon? Because mm-hmm. Amazon doesn't necessarily they have their own kind of white label or white label brands that they sell. But most of the stuff that's on there are coming from small business and mid-sized businesses that they're basically brokering the deals Mm -hmm. for. And so I think it's just one of those things we have to stop as a society and say, okay, yeah, is there a responsibility for the major wealth? I don't know. I'm not... Is there a responsibility for someone like Jeff Bezos to have to yeah, pay? Yeah, if he's if he's hundred he's a hundred billion dollars, he's worth a hundred billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Is there a, a responsibility to society to give back? Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Possibly he, is it his responsibility? But to it's fix, not like, if he wants, child hunger yeah, or to fix to say that is his responsibility, and uh, we are the judgment the judges of that. To me, is wrong. Mm-hmm. If he wants to do that, that is beautiful and that's great. Mm-hmm. Do I think he should? Yeah, I think that when you have an absorbent amount of wealth. I think it's, yeah, it's it would behoove you in good faith 
to give back to those that have less because you have so much. But is it but, mandatory? But, but it's not, yeah, but to hold him accountable for it to me is wrong. And I mm -hmm. think that what we are seeing with this is people were holding us accountable and we're not comparing ourselves to Jeff, Jeff Bezos at all, but people were holding us accountable for our income and our wealth mm -hmm. to do something about it or to not participate in buying something in well, that country. Well, they're holding the plant lady accountable because yeah. yeah. she spends time with her right. husband. And instead, and so when you think about that, where is your energy going? Mm -hmm. Like if you are looking at someone that you do not know, you don't know their story, you have no backstory, I guarantee if they came out with a Jeff Bezos movie, all of a sudden people would be like, oh my God, he, came, he overcame so much. Mm -hmm. He's my favorite person right. now. <laughs> so I guess your question is, is why do you need context? Why do you need context? Right? And then why do we hold people accountable for things that we should be holding ourselves accountable to try to overcome? Yeah. Are there things that are out there that are hard? Yes. Are there inequalities in this world? A hundred percent. Right? And we need to work to make things as equal as possible from a standpoint of opportunity. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you still own your own journey. Mm -hmm. You have to make decisions that are critical to creating a prosperity for yourself. And I think that you can't hold other people responsible for that. Yeah, I mean, I know people, just friends and family members that will see another family member get in great shape and they're like, look at her. I'm so sick of seeing her on social media. Right. I'll just tell you, we went through a major fitness transformation. When your body changes and you start to see muscles pop up in places you have never seen them, that is something to be proud of. Yeah. And you want to share it because you think that the people who are following you, you know, social media used to just be about connecting with friends and family. Now right. you got people from all over the world watching you weighing in on it. Right. And I just I, I always just think like, why are you mad? Because she's in shape. Yeah. Like. That is triggering you because you think that there's something that she's doing. There must be a secret diet pill. She must know something that I don't because I've tried everything to right. lose weight and get in shape. And the reality is most of the time we haven't tried everything. Right. right? And every great success is earned. Yeah. Hey, is there a small percentage of people who get lucky? A hundred percent. Everything. Well, share the percentages. Can you share yeah, that percentage yeah. again? Yeah. So there's, there's a misconception, which I think is really interesting. And which, if we're just talking about wealth. Now, remember, this conversation is about wealth, health, relationships, spiritual awakening, all that stuff. prosperity in general. Prosperity. But uh, in this particular study, they found that 82% of wealthy people did not inherit anything. Right? In fact, 76% within this study were self-made millionaires. Mm. Now, self-made millionaires, meaning that, you know, I'm sure they had to overcome things. I'm sure they had help. But mm -hmm. all, all of that is, is considered. And then 31% came from poor households. 45% mm -hmm. came from middle class households. And only 24% of the rich were come from wealthy households. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's a misconception. Like, when people say, tell me, like, they look at you and say you're rich. They're also saying you didn't earn it. Right. Right. And the reality is, is most of the time it is earned. Most of the time you created yeah, something. Statistics show yeah, that and, they actually indeed did earn it. Right. And you're, and one of the things that we learned together was like your income is in direct proportion to your contributions. Right. And so the more you contribute, the more you create, the more you innovate, the more you help other people, you change their lives, you make things easier, you create a service, a product, whatever it is that people can actually take advantage of and it makes life better for them, you will get paid in proportion to that contribution. Right. So I was just having this conversation with Jordan the other day. I'm like, if you want to focus on earning as you become an adult and you want to make money, you need to get into an industry that's hard you know, to do something that most people are not willing to do. Right. 
and you need to solve a problem that most people can't solve. 100%. That's how you make more money. 100%. But if you think that you're just going to, you know, oh, I really want to make a lot of money, but, you know, what's the quickest way for me to go to college to get a quick degree and what's the quickest, easiest thing that's going to give me freedom and, like, you know, I don't have to work too hard – you're not going to make much money. Yeah, and the same thing goes to health. Like let's not, let's not make this about just money, but when we went on our fitness journey, how many people said, "Oh my god, I can't do that. Yeah, so, I wouldn't be I would not be able to eat that kind of food. Right. Oh, I to work out at 5 in the morning. You're crazy." Do you know how much shame I got as a mom for going to the gym? You know, yeah. they would see my body change and they'd say like, "Oh my god, what are you eating?" Like right. with a shitty <laughs> face, right? And I'm like, actually, I'm eating more than I've ever eaten in my right. life. I'm just eating green vegetables and protein. It's pretty boring, but I eat a lot. I'm never hungry. In fact, I don't want to eat as much as I'm eating because I got to make all this food, right. right? Then they would go to the next thing. Oh, well, I have kids, so there's just no way. My kids need me. Well, mm. you know I have kids, right. right? And my kids need me too. So it was almost this shame of implying that I wasn't being a good mother because I was putting my health first. And by the way, I can't be a good mother if I'm not healthy, right? Right. And, and it, so and for always, many, but for many years, I didn't go to the gym. Right. And I let myself go. And I wasn't at the optimal health. And finally, when I decided to take charge of it, I got haters. Yeah. Oh, must be nice, you know. Uh, bitch, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning every day and I go to the gym at 5 a.m. because this is something that I'm making a priority. Oh, well, I can't because my kids need me in the morning. Okay, well, my kids need me in the morning too, right. but I also showed them how to pour a bowl of cereal for their self, right? Yeah. And so just like the point is, is like anytime you have any sort of success, it could be success around religion or spirituality. It could be success around you found the love of your life. It could be success around... I'm learning how to better communicate. It could be success around money, a promotion. You remodeled your house. You bought a new car. And people somehow, somewhere are going to be triggered by that success. And the questions we're asking you are, what's triggering you? Why is it triggering you? Ask yourself if because it's triggering you, is it because you're looking at the world like it's a bunch of pie slices and there are only so many slices of the pie. Right. So you getting a new car definitely means that I can't get a new car now. Right. You buying a house definitely means that there's less houses available for me now. You getting in shape makes me look like a terrible mom. Like I'm just a big fat fatty because now you can get in shape. That means I can't get in shape. Right. And so that's kind of where we want to start this conversation is like, what is triggering you? Why is it triggering you? Is it something that's nudging you to get better? Something that's reminding you that there's more available to you? Something that's like trying to push you in the direction of growth and prosperity and like something better for your life? Or are you wallowing in disappointment, yeah. anger, frustration, jealousy, envy? Because that's not healthy. It's not oh, no. productive. And, and it's not going to get you anywhere. And they're they're weak emotions from a standpoint that they're very easy to attain. You mm -hmm. can. It's easy to be jealous. Right. It's easy to be en envious. It's hard to swallow your ego and say, "I just have not been willing to do what this person's been willing to do. Mm -hmm. I have not been willing to get up in four in the morning. I have not been willing to to give some autonomy to my kids so that they can do certain things. I have not been willing to read certain books to learn." you know, whether it be the financial acumen or to learn how to navigate real estate or mm -hmm. how to do these things. 
Like those are things that I think that we have seen where we've seen people achieve things and we say, well, that's because they have been willing to do this thing that we have not put a lot of value yeah. in. And I think we don't, and it's important to know that this is not coming from a place like we feel like we're perfect and we've, we've figured it all out. There are certain things we have not been willing to do as of yet right now mm -hmm. that are holding us back from achieving certain mm -hmm. things. And I think that that's a great way to take responsibility and ownership of your own journey and success instead of misappropriating it and putting it on someone else. Because to your point, if you live in this place of lack, where you're thinking someone else's success is taking from your mm -hmm. opportunity your or it's a representation of how unfair it is. Let me tell you, like, there's a lot of things that are not fair. And I think that if things are all fair and everyone still has, like, everything is all equal, people are still going to have moments. You're going to have people who are really successful and people who are not. Well, people Even are always going to find a way to like maximize or get better at something. If we were all forced to sit in a village and go hunt for our food, guess what? Some people will be better hunters. And then you're mad. Oh, she caught three tigers and I only caught one. That's not fair. How's it not? Maybe she's yeah. a faster runner. Maybe. maybe. This, yeah. Maybe it's human nature. But I think you have to find a way to get past it. Mm -hmm. I think you have to find a way to say, I have to find out what they did. I have to yeah. find out how I can tap into that. Because I'm knocking on homegirl's door. Hey, how'd you catch three lions? Right. I need to understand. What did you use? What tools? Do you have weapons? Did you make weapons? Right. And when you ask people, there's usually like some sort of something that they'll share that will just be one thing you needed 100%. to get yourself to the next level. That's yeah. what our experience has right. been. So kind of in closing, I just want to say this. Because we didn't come from much and we had humble beginnings and lots of struggles, every single time I'm reflecting and looking back, every single time we had an accomplishment, if I posted about it, if I shared about it, if I blogged about it, if I did anything to put it out in the world, I always gave it context. You know, hey, today we're grand opening our bakery in our local community. I want to let you know, less than 16 months ago, we lost our jobs. We had no income. We filed bankruptcy. And this is the business that we're proud to put out to the community. We would really appreciate your support. Come and, you know, help us make this a thriving bakery in the community. Right. right. So I did that. Gave context. We went on. We won Cupcake Wars. We won Cake Wars. Every single time I shared a victory. What did I do? Gave context. You know, I never thought when I was baking at three o'clock in the morning from my house, you know, trying not to wake up my kids tired and sleep deprived because I didn't have any employees. I never thought today I'd be able to celebrate this victory with 20 employees. So blessed. Please continue to support us. People come out. They support you. Oh, my God, this is amazing. Like they want to see you win. Right. When I bought my first nice car. Right. I posted. I said, let me tell you, this car means nothing. But what it does mean for me is that I re rebuilt my credit. It's that I learned how to play the game of taxes. I understand that my company can absorb this and we can lease. And, you know, like I shared yeah. all this stuff. People are like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I want a car, too. Same thing happened. We buy an investment property in Scotland. I share the context. You know, we're looking for um, something for our kid, blah, 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 blah. But I want to say this. I don't owe anybody 
any explanation. Right. I do it simply because I want to inspire other people because I remember what it felt like when we couldn't remodel our house for 15 years because we didn't have the money. And so when I posted the pictures that we were finally able to remodel, people were crying. Oh, my God, I'm right there in the thick of it. Thank you so much. I'm so sick and tired of seeing people win on social media, but I love that you shared your story. This helps me realize that it's available to me, right? So people don't have to give you context, but they do in a lot of cases. And I just want to challenge you if you're listening, ask yourself why. Mm -hmm. Why do you need context? Why can't you fill in the blanks and make yourself the context? You know, look where I am today. I'm struggling financially, but if Janelle and Eddie can remodel their house, dang it, I bet it's available to me too. You know what? If somebody is walking into this stupid store buying a $100,000 pair of speakers, that's dumb because I can't even pay my rent this month. But damn, what do they do for a living? What books maybe are they reading that I need to read that would improve the way that I'm managing my finances? What job did they get educated? Should I go back to school? Like, what do they do for a living to where people like that can afford speakers like that? If you ask better questions, you will get better answers, I promise you. And that is all that we have done. That's the point of this podcast is we're not know-it-alls, we're not perfect, but we're sharing things that have worked for us to give us a little bit of success that we think have been big game changers for us. If we would have been sitting there upset about other people winning, instead of being curious saying, God, they know something we don't know, let's call them. Let's humble ourselves. Let's slide into their DMs. Let's ask them, you know, what advice do you have? Here's a situation I'm in. I'm willing to do anything. When you are really willing to do anything, sky's the limit for yeah. you. It's not going to happen overnight. Wow. But with hard work and the right questions and the right mindset and less haterade, you're going to be okay. 100%. So cheers to more growing, <laughs> more learning, hopefully, you know, inspiring more people to right. choose love instead of hate. And, you know, I hope you got something good from this. Yeah. And I think that if you really hear, you know, the really what we're saying here is this, is that if you can move to a place quickly to admire and be inspired, like allow yourself to be inspired by this, by people's success. I think that you can take that and you can mobilize it yeah. into a place where you're willing to do the things that others are not willing to do to get the things that most people won't get. Yeah. Lastly, I'll just say when we went on vacation recently, we saw, you know, we're on this little kind of shitty boat with our family and and some people would be like, they're on a boat on vacation. But listen, we're on a boat, right? It was a nice boat. And we see (laughs) these yachts, these mega yachts, like I'm talking $50 million yachts. I don't even know. Guess what I did? How much does a yacht cost, (laughs) right? Yachts can be in general anywhere from a half a million up to 10 million, right? 60 million. It doesn't matter. Immediately, we were like, what do you think those people do for a living? We're vacationing like this, but what do they do? Again, it's not about materialistic things. It's about your mindset of are you even willing to be open enough to ask the questions that might lead you to different intersections intersections with different opportunities. And it also gives you opportunities to experience things that you have never experienced right. before. So I quickly, I was like, how do I put a yacht on my screensaver so I can get yacht goals, right? right? And it's like you said, it's not the materialistic things. I want you to understand that. It's not like, hey, we want to go out and bling bling, but it's like, I would love to get up in the morning on a amazing boat on the, on the you know, off the coast of Capri 
and enjoy it with family and friends. Yeah. How that do would you be know, an amazing experience. How do you know that you would enjoy that? How do I know? Because yeah. I've pictured it in my mind and right. I have like thought of all the different modalities of it, like how, what it would smell like, what the, what the wood would feel yeah. like, walking barefoot on the deck, my five inch shorts, you know. So you're visualizing it. I'm visualizing it. it. Yeah. I'm trying to put it in my soul. But here's the question. I asked our students this morning on our coaching call. I said, what's your favorite food? It's ribs. Right. Ribs. Great. How do you know? Because you don't know that ribs are good unless you try them. Right. Right. You don't know that a yacht could be really cool unless, guess what? You're in a shitty boat looking at the <laughs> yacht right next to it. And you're like, oh, my God, that is so cool. Like, right. What would it feel like to be on there? So my point is you can't know that it's available to you until you experience something kind of close, some sort of proximity, right? right? And so instead of watching the proximity and hating on it, let's watch the proximity and, and say, be like, what if? What does that taste like? Right. Does that <laughs> right. taste like a rib? Or is that shrimp? Right. Or is that a yacht? Or whatever. I'm saying like enjoy the proximity because if you get exposed to it, then that means it's available. Yeah. So you. anybody out there with a yacht that want to invite the Copelands on there, we, we definitely want to check yeah. it out. You know, Guess before what? we make this big purchase. I, oh, <laughs> shut <just> up. <laughs> Guess what? I was telling my stepmom about this. I'm like, yeah. And then we saw these yachts. And like I said, mom, do you know anybody with a yacht? And she goes, when I was 19, I worked on a mega yacht. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, what? Didn't know that. So she said, yeah, they put this ad out on the paper. They were looking for crew members. I thought it would be a cool job. So I spent the whole summer working on a yacht awesome. for like a multi-billionaire. And I was like, that is such a fun job. Yeah. Like, I was just so curious. And so she had experience being on a yacht. I said, have you been on a yacht since then? And she said, no, but I'm sure it would be great. Like, yeah. it was an unbelievable experience. So I thought for a second, should I crew for like a, you know, I'm how great would that be to like be exposed to like a billionaire that's got like some mega yacht? I wouldn't mind. I'm a great cook. Yeah, I would cook for the summer just to be on the yacht to see like i yeah I'm hey, hey you know this is a test drive yeah. just want to check things hey, out just what do you want for dinner yeah. by the way like how did you get this yeah right 100 so be open um to new opportunities and come at things and we with wish more everyone well if you're listening to this uh and you were someone that was not happy with us we wish you well we're sorry we're not we're not you know this is not about reversing the shame this is about adding perspective and hope yeah. you 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 hear this and you're saying to yourself you know what maybe i didn't think this all the way through mm. maybe that comment i left was based off of this old perspective and let me try this new perspective yeah. on and, and I maybe think eddie that, and janelle are that, cooler than I, I thought but i think that that leads to a much happier life yeah like i think if you are constantly upset with people because of the things that they have accomplished or achieved that you know you because if you're upset that means that you want it Right. And so I think it's important to just kind of slow that down and, and, and really like put that gratitude in your heart and you'll be fine. So hopefully this episode served you. Please slide into our DMs. Leave us a comment. Uh, let us know how we can elaborate on something more. Do you need tools? What do you need to be successful and strive in life? Because we want to be right there with you. This year we'll be attending lots of growth conferences. We plan on. And this is another thing. I don't have expensive purses. I don't care about that stuff. Yeah. You know why? Because I want expensive vitamins. Because I want to be healthy, <laughs> right? So we all get to choose what we spend right, our money right. on. I don't need expensive clothes. You know why? Because I'd rather attend a nice conference and spend money on education so nice I can vacation. figure. Or go on a nice vacation. Yeah. Not everybody cares about vacation. Some people don't even like to fly. Yeah. That's okay. 
So let's just decide how we're going to view success and what we're going to do to be successful individually. Sounds good to me. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.